In this place, to find is to lose, and to lose is to find. Sorry, say that again? I, I think you lost me. Welcome to Got It Memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Heights... <laughs> Kingdom Heights! I'm leaving this in. Before Kingdom Heights 3 comes out, you might even figure out what's going on, maybe. I'm Wheels, and I'm joined, as always, uh, for this uh, Ansem Report, this this uh, super spoilerific episode of our show uh, by Joe. How are you, Joe? Pretty good. Um, that's it. I, I don't have anything new to report. Still watching Naruto. <laughs> um, I do. Not, poke, the new Pokemon game has been out for like three, four days. So I'm assuming you're like, you've beat it twice. I uh, haven't played it. Um, uh, I'm surprised. I, yeah, I, you know, f- a lot of folks probably know that I used to be on It's Super Effective, which is a Pokemon podcast, but stepped away from that show just so I'd have more time on my own, for my own projects. And, um, you know, after talking about Pokemon every week for six years, as much as I love it, it it's been just sort of refreshing that a Pokemon game has come out and it's not like I have to beat it and play it and beat it <laughs> in a certain amount of time. So it's been refreshing to just sort of be like, I will play this when I want to, which isn't cool. a thing I've been able to do in a while. But anyway, let's talk yeah. about Kingdom Hearts. Um, yeah. As I mentioned, this is an Ansem Report episode, so this is a spoiler-filled thing. We are going to be talking about Sora's story, which we just completed in the, you know, the main part of the show, uh, but in a spoilery light, and we're also going to be answering a lot of y'all's questions from Twitter, but I have a few notes that are sort of separate from those questions that I just think are important to talk about on this episode. I'm not sure if uh, you have some similar things you wanted to bring up or, or what. Oh man, I know that I definitely jotted down notes of things. That I wanted to talk about. And I'm sure those notes are somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, oof, I have so many notes laying around that I think I should just like start logging them in my phone instead of writing them down and promptly losing the paper. <laughs> so. Yeah, all of my notes are always just on a notepad file, so they're easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'll think of things, or we have so similar things. Let's, uh, let's talk about Organization 13 a little bit. They are really weird in this game because, at least in Sora's story, we, uh, with the exception of Axel, we don't really see the organization proper. At least people uh, uh, who are um, loyal to the organization proper. We just see sort of the, the traitor side of it. We'll get more are of all the loyalists of them traitors? later. I guess Vexen is not. Uh, Vexen's a loyalist. Yeah. I always got the impression that Lexius got mixed up in it too, but I—it's—it's mm, a mess in my brain. So. Yeah, uh, at least Vexen seems to be loyal, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's important for us. You know, we've been talking—we've talked about them so vaguely in the rest of it. I think it's important to just like, hey, what are they trying to do again? Just figure that bit out. Uh, well. 
All right, so there, <clears throat> given the context of all of the games, they want they want them hearts back. Well, yes, they want the hearts for themselves. They also want Xehanort wants Sora both to control the Keyblade, and I also think he wants Sora to be one of his vessels, like in-game Dream Drop Distance shit. Oh yeah, yeah, that's possible. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because in, in Chain of Memories, it definitely just feels like they want him to be their puppet to use the keyblade how they want so like because the the heart vessel thing is definitely a more recent development in the the plot so so i think i think the best way to explain how they affect this game is that Zemnis, the leader of organization 13 and the nobody of xehanort who xehanort is a lot of things but most importantly to uh, the story thus far, uh, he's the dude who pretended to be Ansem the Wise, who then when made into a Heartless, called himself Ansem. Uh, we saw that version of Ansem in Kingdom Hearts 1, the nobody version of that, and I guess we haven't really talked about nobodies at all, uh, with the exception of a few Ansem reports here and there. Nobodies are created when someone of a particularly strong will has their heart taken away from them, their body lives on as this creature called a nobody. My brain just had an epiphany moment in which I realized this happens in Five Nights at Freddy's, and I won't go into it farther than that for your sake, but it's there. I, I really, you know, Joe, I, I applaud your restraint, and, and I think, I think the show is better for it. I just had to, I had to voice it so I don't forget. <laughs> mm-hmm, sure, and you'll listen back to this and you'll be like, ah, yes, and then you'll uh-huh. write your think piece that will, uh, mm-hmm. Um, take the internet by storm. No one will read. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, when Xehanort, who was a dude pretending to be Ansem the Wise, this uh, scholar of um, hearts and darkness and all that, when uh, Xehanort becomes a heartless, and in the and in that process, because he was a strong-willed person, his body, uh, w- without a heart, lives on as this nobody called Xemnas. There's a plot above that, where, which you were referring to, um, that relates to the original Xehanort, who eventually comes back and is trying to sort of create multiple copies of himself, but we can, I don't think it's super important to talk about that, and we can just talk about Xemnas himself, the the nobody. Yeah. Who wants to create, who wants to fill... A Kingdom Hearts, because uh, that's a thing that we later learn there can be multiple of. Uh, so he wants to fill a Kingdom Hearts uh, that is filled with, with uh, instead of the hearts of worlds, as we saw before, that's filled with the hearts of people. And so to fill up this incomplete Kingdom Hearts, he needs someone to be defeating Heartless and releasing their hearts. So, uh, Sora is the obvious candidate there, because he's the only person, because the Keyblade's the only thing that can really release hearts, uh, and Sora's got one of those. And he seems to be the only person that seems to be presently doing that. Right. Or to have uh, one of those things. I'm sure Mickey has killed his fair share, too. Oh, yeah, I uh, guess Mickey exists. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Uh, he, anyway, so, Xemnas is big plan is to create this organization that 
uses its power to basically put Sora in rough positions where he has to defeat Heartless, even though it helps uh, ostensibly his enemies in the organization. Um, so they just want to keep encouraging him to kill Heartless, do what you're doing. That fills up their Kingdom Hearts, uh, which then they will siphon the hearts out of and give themselves hearts again uh, and then become real people again. This, I guess, would kind of uh, be uh, one of Xehanort's many plans to create himself in full again. Uh, presumably a Xemnas given a heart would just be like a Xehanort. Yeah, so there's definitely that weird side of like, what would that look like if if a nobody succeeded? Because really what they should want is to get killed and then have their heartless killed <laughs> because they, they they seem to really pride themselves on being different than they were before and i don't get it mm-hmm. yeah they, they they have the memories of the people whose bodies they have and yet they as you mentioned they are they do make a lot of them you know like folks like axel and a lot of the other organization members do make a point to say that even though we have the bodies of these people. We are our own individuals. Um, so yeah, maybe a Xemnas with a heart wouldn't be exactly like a Xehanort, but um, would certainly uh, care about a lot of the same things. Um, yeah, this is probably the most complicated I think we've gotten. <laughs> uh, so so that's the organization. They've got a whole lot of side gigs where they've, um, you know, they've got this nobody Roxas, who is Sora's nobody from that time in Kingdom Hearts 1 where Sora turned himself into a heartless. Uh, Roxas came up there. So they got him with a keyblade so they can, you know, they've got the backup there if, you know, this whole Sora, Sora plan doesn't work out. And then they got this other, this copy of Roxas called oh, Shion. No. She's doing her thing. So they've got all these, like, you know, backup plans to get... Uh, more heartless killed by people who have keyblades, but mm-hmm. their main gig is to get th- their their plan A is with Sora, and so here's where I get confused. I know what the traitors to Organization Thirteen want to do, namely, they see sora as an opportunity to gain leverage over xemnas um and so they're instructing nomine who is a nobody who was also created in that same event um because Kyrie's heart was within sora's at the time that he turned himself into a heartless we'll get more in depth uh, in that later because uh-huh. I, think, I think one of our questions is about that so so she has power over sora's memories and uh, other people's memories sometimes. Yeah, people who are sort of like connected to Sora, I guess. And also um, replicas of people who are connected to Sora. Sure. Um, uh, uh, and so they want to use Namine to make Sora into a very manipulate, manipulatable person by, you know, as we saw in this game, having him uh, develop these protective feelings over Namine and then uh, manipulating those feelings into using Sora to overthrow the organization and have it under the leadership of Martlusha instead. I get all that. I don't quite get, and maybe you can help me here, I don't get why the organization has people, has Martlusha at all uh, stationed in 
Castle Oblivion in the first place and what like the actual game plan for Namine was. Uh okay. I know th- I all right, so I know that, that is v- at least vaguely answered. Even okay. if I don't remember the answer. Cuz it's in that that is addressed in birth not birth by sleep in uh 358 over 2. Um because yeah. part, part of the plot of that is Rox just being very sad that Axel is gone at Castle Oblivion and I think in cutscenes that Roxas isn't in, we see um, Axel being like told, "Hey, half of like the main point of this mission is to flush out traitors." Um, so like they kind of put everyone who they thought was fucking around in one spot at one time. Um, but why would you put them? <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is like why maybe, put them I there? Think... In the, why why put them under? Why give them the authority? Why give them nominee? Uh, like, nominee, essentially, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, my my guess, based on I have sat through all the cutscenes of through five eight over two before. I assume they didn't. He didn't. I say Zemnis didn't expect Axel to sort of be so laissez-faire about it because it's kind of like either it everything goes fine and some traitors are taken out. Or everyone dies and I don't get it. Because, like, Axel didn't really follow through with the organization plan either. Yeah, but, uh, but I mean, I, I think my question is even more fundamental. Like, why? <laughs> why, ha- why have this place, Castle Oblivion? Like, what did, what did Xemnas want to do with Namine? Not, not after the whole traitorous thing happens. Not, not like, okay, how do I salvage this now that I suspect my subordinate Marluxia is trying to overthrow me. I get mm-hmm. why he sends Axel there because he sends Axel there because Axel can be this double agent for him. But how does nominee fit into his goals for Sora? And I guess like maybe, maybe, maybe Zemnis is there telling Marluxia to make him make Sora into a puppet in the first place. And Marluxia's trick is to just say, yeah, I'll, I'll totally do that for you. But then the twist is he then uses that power over Sora against Xemnas. You know, maybe Xemnas just wanted the same thing Marluxia did, but instead Sora would just be a puppet to, you know, repeatedly defeat Heartless until they fill up their their kingdom hearts and then their their plan is, is won. And then Marluxia just happened to notice the uh, opportunity that that plan provides and decided if he can make Sora into a puppet, he can exert his uh, dominance over the organization, yeah, something like that. It, so I did, I did some quick Googling too, and it doesn't, it's not really clear on when, like, what, who she was found by. She being nominee. Yeah, it's not really clear who found her in Organization 13, so maybe it was Marluxia, and he was like, all right, this is my own plot now. Yeah, that could be. That's another explanation. But why? But it why? seems like she came to existence in Castle Oblivion, which is sort of a secret hideaway for Organization Thirteen. So maybe it could have been under Marluxia's hood. Yeah, yeah. But um, the details seem to be messy. You know, if we say the the um, the the traitorous actions of Marluxia and friends are how the plan for Xemnas fell apart, how Xemnas's plan for Castle Oblivion fell apart, I don't think it's ever really clearly stated what 
that original plan was. The only thing I the only things I can think of are one, the thing I was saying before, where Zemnus basically wanted Sora as a puppet, mm-hmm. or or two, what you're suggesting, which is just this place is kind of important, and we'll get to that later because of one of the questions we got. But this place is kind of important, and maybe they just want to have a presence there, and Marluxia just gets lucky that Namine pops mm-hmm. up there. So either of those uh, options, I guess, are possibilities. Yeah, there's a- hey, this episode isn't very funny because this <laughs> because this game makes it yeah. so complicated. Sorry, everybody. Um, e- yeah, there's definitely a lot of different ways we can look at it. I think similar to the the really great uh, Ansem theory we had that isn't valid in the canon. I th- I think it would be interesting if Marluxia finds her and then sort of presents her to Zemnus, like, oh. Hey, let me do this and uh, capture Sora for you, and then whoopsie daisy. He makes a grant proposal. <laughs> yeah, he makes a grant proposal, but like, um, it's uh, it's like, yeah. hey, give me money to finish this thing, which is going to kill you. Yeah, so. yeah, I think I think that fits. Um, I think that's a fine interpretation. Yeah, but I mean, we still have the second half of Chain of Memories to sort of refresh us. And eventually we'll get to three five eight over two. Whenever I mean Kingdom Hearts two is going to be like the biggest chunk of this podcast, I imagine. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so we talked about the organization. We talked about nobodies. We kind of talked about Namine. We so the the Let's one talk about Axel. Unless okay, you have yeah, yeah, hit different. Me. He's good. <laughs> He's a, I oh, like okay. him a lot. Uh-huh. Um. So at the end of. His appearance in Sora's story, we he says that it was worth saving Sora. Axel knows a lot of things about Sora, and I think he has a lot of investment in the other half of his best friend. Mm-hmm. Because he's very good friends with Roxas. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we we get interesting things with with uh, Axel in this game and and in Sora's story that we talked about obliquely in the non-spoiler version where uh, most of the way th- close to the end of the story uh, Axel realizes that he's starting to have feelings uh, about things which nobodies don't generally have since they don't have hearts they can't typically feel things so Axel sort of gets excited about you know the the possibilities of what Sora could be capable of um, and he has that sort of realization like oh I'm actually enjoying this that's that's bizarre. And I think that's mm-hmm. the first example we have of this idea that we will hit again and again um, in Kingdom Hearts 2 and 358 over 2 of nobody's having the capability to develop, if not hearts themselves, at least to sort of like I, regain the ability to feel. And in Dream, I, uh, I, dream Drop Distance as well, we see some of that. I think it's a little bit different okay. in that I, I, I sort of lean into the the theme of memories. I think they can remember what it feels like and are sort of maybe uh, something with Sora will make him remember a good thing that happened. And he sort of is remembering a feeling. So maybe it's sort of like feeling. Um, I... But I, I think there's, there's more uh, thematic merit to... Them yeah. actually just developing feeling I, again. Yeah, I mean your your interpretation is certainly cleaner in that we 
we we don't have to question what nobodies are capable of. Definitely, yeah, and we and we definitely. I think it's in Kingdom Hearts two where there's a lot made out of, uh, you know, anytime it looks like a nobody is feeling something, they're just faking it basically, uh, mm-hmm. because they remember how they acted when they were sad, so they just do those same things when they should be sad, and therefore no one really notices that they don't have feelings, and that it's all just sort of an act to make to n- not make themselves seem out of the ordinary. I don't... I, I think, yeah, like, if I was doing, like, a game theory uh, with MadPat, that would be the one that, like, makes the most sense without breaking rules. But I think, narratively... It sucks. <laughs> Especially with Roxas, right? Like, Oh, well, Roxas is a weird fucking case anyway. Sure, sure, but... He, like, is sort of pure willpower, and, like, he shouldn't exist at all. Yeah. Like, uh, like, like more than, like, they all... Everyone in this series, nobody shouldn't exist anyway. That's my disimpression. Um, <laughs> uh, but, like, Roxas literally shouldn't exist because Sora immediately got his body back. But I mean, the uh, sure. But the way we talk about Axel, and we the way we've talked about Axel before, is even if we ignore the Roxas example, because as you mentioned, Sora kept his body. Uh, mm-hmm. Like a- Axel's, then your your next example, yeah, right? And yeah, you, you Axel, said yourself, Axel, like he he certainly cares about Sora because Roxas he cares Sora, about yeah. his best friend uh, in Roxas, and I think you don't have that type of caring without feeling I, I don't think any of his actions really make sense unless his friendship with roxas and Xion have developed in him the ability to feel mm-hmm. yeah for sure i like axel a lot he's complicated and sad yeah it's it's a tragic story uh like most um that don't involve sora yeah uh yeah so there's there's a lot to Axel. I think it'll be easier to just dive into it when we actually get to 358 over 2, um, which I say as if Kingdom Hearts 2 isn't next and we'll get with most of Axel's bullshit then. Yeah, um, yeah. So still t- stay tuned, I guess. So there's a scene in the credits. Uh, I think I pointed out that it's sort mm. of important with Kyrie on the beach with Selfie. So there's a thing that happens in... Kingdom Hearts 2, it's, I mean, it doesn't, we don't really see it, but it's alluded to, and it, there's a basis for it in 358 over 2 and in Chain of Memories, where everyone forgets that Sora exists and then suddenly remembers him. Yeah. Um, That's fucking weird. Um, and I, something about seeing Kyrie on the beach makes me think that, like, they're alluding to that, like, that that's the moment where it happened or something. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we know? Is it? Is it like the moment he steps into the pod that everyone remembers him? Like, I guess we don't really know. That's the thing we don't know, and that I guess I'm not really bringing it up. Like, this is an important thing I want to talk about so much as I really want to like figure that out. <laughs> um, personal personal it's, goal it, for the nomi- show. It has to be nominees meddling with his Doing. memory that well, that's alright so that's a thing I'm not sure about because Shion and the way that she is with Roxas also sort of conflates memories yeah and that's complicated too because she because it's um, 
A lot of moving parts. The whole thing with Roxas and three fight out. Three fight eight over two is, I guess, what I said. Um, the whole thing with Roxas and three five eight over two is that once Sora starts regaining his memories, Roxas starts kind of having, if not like, if not like, sort of gaining Sora's memories, like starting to feel the presence of Sora being out there and reacting to it, um, and with Xian being a copy of. Roxas, like, I think the fact that they are conflating memories and reacting to things like that, I think that has more to do with just that sort of, uh, that, uh, chain of memories, but literally, I shouldn't have done that, uh, that, that, (laughs) that chain between Xion and Roxas and, and Sora, the, the, like, very, uh, like, physical links between those three characters. Mm Mm-hmm. But I hate this game. I love this game. Um, I love it too, but also like there's things like this where I guess it's it really demands a lot of the of the people like us that want to comprehend it, whereas like yeah. the games at face value don't require it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're all kind of uh, they're all kind of their own contained thing, and the connecting pieces are kind of messier yeah it in a way it likes to it likes to use the complicated details to i think give a you know the 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 reason i think a lot of these stories feel cause you to feel as strongly as as they do or at least cause me to feel as strongly as they do is because all of the the details mounted upon mystery mounted upon uh philosophical questions i think lend us a, a kind of backwards sort of uh, realism to them because real life is complicated and yet often very complicated things make you feel very strong but simple emotions you know very complicated things can make you just sad and I think the I think the games kind of try to do the same thing where um, it's this complicated web that's hard to really conceive of all at once but it's easy to feel all of at once. I think that's more important to the writers of the games, but I think it's also mostly all there. I think that's enough of, of my rambling on that though. We can talk about, uh, I have replica Riku written here as a possible topic of discussion, although I don't really have. He will be more interesting in, in reverse. Rebirth. Uh, but I figured I would at least bring him up in case you had things to say about him that didn't really have to do with that. But moving on, unless you have other things, we want to jump into the Twitter questions. Uh, yeah, let's start with those. Maybe we'll tangent off if we need to. So, uh, Noak Dinners on Twitter points out that Merlin has a uh, an Earth globe in his house in Radiant Garden, and if this comp- and asks if this complicates lore. Which we, we did have a conversation about this on Twitter, but uh, it's it's probably worth talking about on the show that my perception of it was that this could be just a globe of whatever world uh, Radiant Garden is on. Even and it if, just happens to look exactly like Earth. Yeah. Well, I mean, vaguely. <laughs> it's, a, it's a globe, and there's yeah. continents on it. It's very Earth-inspired, because it's mostly water, <laughs> and... 
the shape is sort of vaguely like Europe, I think. I, um, well, that one looks like North America to me, so maybe it is proof that it, <laughs> it isn't actually Earth if we're seeing different continents out of it. Yeah, but. it's kind of like a weird mesh of like sure it's not it's not north america but but it could be yeah um yeah so there's that but that conversation did end up sort of getting to some pretty interesting points where uh namely twitter users daniel awesome 73 and the twitter account of a podcast i'll I'll admit i didn't get a chance to listen to but uh, a show called um the gorge or at least on, on twitter they're the gorge podcast uh, we're sort of going back and forth on on their uh, interpretations of, of this, but positing an idea that you know you, you it's easier to think of the the different worlds as sort of different dimensions. So maybe all of these places exist in in all of the different worlds, but they manifest differently in like different dimensions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was kind of like so like maybe each little dimension you go into has its own London. Uh, but the only London that that really that we uh, matters see. or that we see in the story um, yeah. is the London that exists in the Neverland dimension, I guess, would be that theory's answer. Yeah, yeah. I think there. that's the thing is uh, there are some things that bring it into question. And I think my main complaint is just how frivolously Kingdom Hearts calls things worlds uh-huh. um, in yeah. that Timeless River is inside of a world and maybe Winnie the Pooh's book shouldn't be called a world um like that like those two are the weirdest I think examples and then Neverland also including London is weird yeah I like if it was two separate worlds and we just established that they could also move between them somehow that would just complicate the actual Peter Pan story um probably more than they're legally allowed to do um, but I don't know. There's, there, that's, there's just so many fringe cases where it's like really hard for me to establish one clear cohesive thing that I'm satisfied with. I think, you know, so we certainly see that from this globe that Radiant Garden is a lot bigger than the city that we see in Kingdom Hearts 2. And clearly, like, the land of departure, which eventually becomes... Castle Oblivion is clearly bigger than just the castle because Sora and, and Donald and Goofy are walking ar- along that green path for uh, at least a little while before they reach that. So clearly, there's there's world extending out beyond that. So uh, so I guess I guess you could just say that there are probably a lot of similarities between these between these worlds, but there are like very important places in these worlds where like important stories exist uh, mm-hmm. or, or um, important events exist. And they sort of act as like the center stage of each world, which we see uh, where presumably there are other things going on. It's, it's kind of like the plot of Sonic generations. See, every time you make uh, uh, maybe, maybe I am just, um, criminally underexposed to media but every time you're like oh no, it's you're just not. like this from this other thing it's like oh well there's another thing i have not played or seen or you're, read. you're not because it almost exclusively i think i've referenced bad things um, <laughs> with, with the exception of i kind of think jojo's okay uh but sonic generations has that weird sort of thing where they 
there's sort of like pockets of time because the whole thing is that you're playing through old Sonic games um, mm. or like worlds that were in old Sonic games that had their own place in that game's narrative and timeline, but it was just a part of it. Um, so this could be similar. And I think we need to t- stop referring to some things as worlds. Uh, like, like namely Timeless River is sort of more of just a time travel door that you go through, I guess. And the ship, what's weird is like the ship, the, the Neverland boat and the Lilo and Stitch boat, space boat, spaceship, space and boat. <laughs> the space boat and birth by sleep. Like, where is it going? Are you in a Lilo and Stitch world or are you in the Cosmos space? And that boat is taking Stitch to, well, he is in Hollow Bastion actually. Maybe that maybe that holds water. That Stitch is not bound <laughs> to a world. Mm-hmm. God, I hate I hate it. I hate how many like loopholes and caveats there are. Yeah, and maybe we'll get a future game that will say where it'll it be like that's it won't. <laughs> uh, secret gummy ship report number three. Okay, so here's the deal, everyone. This is these yeah. are all the world traveling rules. Um, it'll probably just get more complicated, but we can hope. Um, I get so invested in games that don't give you all the answers. Let's move on. I'll read the next question. Oh, it turns out this one is also from No Rock Dinners, who asks, how the fuck does Mickey have the power to navigate between the realms of light and dark? Is he just that powerful? Is there some reason given in canon? So we know Mickey is the inventor of the gummy ship, or at least he had one earlier than you know Sora and friends did. Uh, I think he's he's maybe he's funding the research, you know. Sure. I don't think he's doing it himself. Although, sort of an Al Gore situation. <laughs> yes. Um, what I thought of when I, truth. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what I immediately thought of reading this question was in Birth by S- Hanging Chads. In Birth by Sleep, uh, he does <laughs> have that weird thing that um, like teleports him or like t- takes him places without seemingly any input from him. Yeah. Which is the most like MacGuffin bullshit. Now he's here. Yeah. Uh, um, there's, you know, there's so many different traversal methods and I think I, the, the games are odd about their discussions of the realms of light and darkness, but I think there's a certain interpretation that says that, even though the realm of darkness seems so foreign and alien that traveling to it and in it isn't that dissimilar from Any traveling between worlds. Place. It's probably just difficult to get out when you're stranded, like, you know, Ansem the Wise and, and Aqua uh, find themselves at, at various points if you don't have, you know, keyblade armor and a gummy ship or one or the other. It's probably mm-hmm. difficult to get out, but if you've got one of those traversal methods, maybe it's not. Yeah. So I real quick looked up the star shard that I was, it's called the star shard. The thing that I was thinking of from um, Earth by Sleep. It, and yeah, it doesn't seem like the user doesn't have any control over it. It just sort of is like, now you're in another world. And it's pure coincidence that Mickey Mouse ends up in the story of Earth by Sleep at all. But what was even weirder to that is that Apparently, gummy ships canonically are present 
in Unchained Key, which means they're old as shit. Huh. Which also means that the Star Shard comes after the Gummy Ship. So Weird. why is it there? I mean, oh. maybe it's just the Gummy Ship was sort of re reverse engineered, like reinvented, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's weird, yeah. Because I was in in the pro. It, I had to look up the Kingdom Hearts wiki page for Mickey Mouse, which is a thing that I didn't think I'd have to do. But <laughs> it, it says on there that he might be the creator of the Gummy Ship, so it's kind of mm. just we'll never know. I do like like my idea that he's sort of just like hiring people to do it. Like like Chip and Dale are definitely like the engineers, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. like Mickey Mickey Mouse has the capital. Yeah. Uh, you want to hit up that next question? This next one's pretty simple to answer. So, uh, Nick, uh, Nash, National Freak on Twitter, asks uh, that this is far in the future, but are you guys going to try and discuss Unchained or, uh, Kingdom Hearts Union X Unchained X? <laughs> I'm saying X because that's what they typed, but it's the key symbol um, uh, because that story is hella screwy, and it is... Hella screwy. That is an incredible way to describe it. Um, I just brought it up talking about Mickey Mouse. So, I think how we haven't talked about it, have we? No, I the we haven't we haven't even really talked about this off the show. But at least my uh, thoughts on this, and we'll see if you agree. I, I think just in general, we're gonna get as far as we can before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Um, I mean, I mean, realistically, yeah, that'll be it, right? As we just, we chip through it. Because it, it's still, they're still releasing quests, right? I think. I don't know, it might, probably. It might be, I mean, they probably will forever, the nature of mobile games. I don't yeah. know how heavily we should take it. I mean, it'll, if we really want this show to go on forever, I guess we can, but then it's a matter of, alright, so here's the next ten quests. Um, yeah, yeah, so the way I think of here's it is... Here's 710 through 720. There's a chance... You know, I hope we can get through all the way through Dream Drop Distance before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out, and then maybe we spend a couple episodes on Union. So they renamed it. <laughs> yeah, uh, before Kingdom Hearts 3... I think whenever the... Uh, Whenever Kingdom Hearts 3 drops from the heavens, I think it's fair to say you and I are probably going to stop what we're doing and start covering that game's story as we play through it, just because, you know, that's what the people are going to want, and also mm -hmm. what we're going to want to talk about anyway. Um, yeah. But I think the game plan now is see if we can get through Dream Drop Distance, and and that'll be a, a while and a half, because Kingdom Hearts 2 is a long game, and then there mm -hmm. are three other games after that um but we'll see how far we get uh and then if yeah, there's any time think, left we'll we'll if, cover this i think if nothing else after dream drop distance there's point two. Oh yeah there's that too and there's um there's the movie about unchained key yeah back cover which i watched and it i think i think it kind of covers the important parts yeah because there's there's endless quests that I think there there are some pieces in the middle that have value like Mickey Mouse showing up and I guess Donald and Goofy show up too. Um, Wait, really? Maybe, I thought it takes yeah. place like thousands of years in the past or something. It's not as far back as I thought. I guess. Um, huh. 
the first person in a black cloak is there. Uh, it's it's kind of the it first is, person to ever think. Hmm, there's this color black. What? It, hold on, now, now hold on. What if I put this color on a cloak? Yes, I. You know, you know what I mean. Um, the organization hood. So like, I think we have to talk about at least back cover, and then maybe just do like some heavy reading. And, yeah, like, sure. YouTube YouTube research. Um, yeah. I joked with uh, my wife that I wanted to hire someone to play it for me. Um, and just take <laughs> notes. Um, like, hey, just drop everything else and just play through this. It's sh- gotta be. It's gotta be bad, right? There's no way it's fun. I mean, it's not not fun, but it's. <laughs> I mean, it's it's any other mobile game. You're tapping. That's yeah. it's just you tap and you you keep doing that. I it it didn't hold me. Next one comes from Pretty Fly Decidui. That's uh, Plakwas on Twitter. P L A Q U A S. Is it confirmed? Uh, we so this is referring to a claim we made on the show. Is it confirmed that Marluxia is the hooded figure of the start of Chain of Memories? The ending of the game made me think it was Diz. Uh, Diz being the identity that Anson the Wise takes on uh, during this period of the game. We'll meet him soon. Yeah, I, I always thought it was Marluxia because Marluxia wants Sora to go to the castle. So is this sort mm-hmm. of mysterious figure luring him there i so like this is an interesting question because we haven't seen the script but going off recom it's this we're going by voice actor so like maybe it wasn't always marluxia but it's yeah yeah marluxia and i as as i say that i'm doubting myself i'm like is it is it the same voice actor um but i'm pretty sure it is yeah i thought it was too yeah, um, and if two of us think it, it must be true. That's the way truth works, right? I mean, there's no one here to tell us that it's not true. Hey, why is the Chain of Memories page blank on Kingdom Hearts Wiki right now? Hey, Kingdom Hearts know. Wiki? Um, I, I looked at the Jiminy's journal and it's blank. <laughs> it, just, it just says thank nominee. <laughs> um, uh, that's helpful. Good old uh, wiki vandalism always helps us when we're trying to make a podcast. Um, yeah, but I think yeah, I think I think either works. I think Diz could theorize. Uh. That's the thing. Diz never shows up in Sora's story again. Diz yeah. is focused on Riku. Yeah, because I I don't know why, but <laughs> he is. And I yeah, I don't know what purpose he would have, what motivation he would have to show up and say some cryptic shit. <laughs> I mean, that does seem to be the dude's MO. Like it, it it is kind of just what he enjoys in life is to show up and say some cryptic shit uh in a deep voice, but uh, um this time seems particularly strange for him to be doing that. Mhm. This one uh comes from Daniel Awesome 73 on Twitter who we've talked about before uh and they ask i wonder how well Xion's appearances line up with Sora's forgetfulness um and they're like it probably won't matter till 358 over two but um maybe an answer report and that's where we're at we're in an answer report uh so we're in it, we're in it. we've been in it for a- wow i didn't realize it's been that long we've been in it yep. for a while um that's a- and it's a good question i have i don't know um Roxas is forget like the the sort of the lining up of three five eight over two and 
uh, chain of memories is so abstract. Yeah, but I think it's only... Because, I mean, if I remember right, um, it's, like, super early on in... Not super, but fairly early on in 358 over 2 that Roxas, like, goes into that sort of coma because that's when Sora is in the sleepy pod. Um, Uh, Maybe... I think it's so, fairly early on, and as a result, like there's not a lot of time where Shion is there, where Sora would be in the castle. So maybe, uh, for that, maybe like near the end of of Chain of mm-hmm. Memories, where Sora's memory is like super, uh, messy. You could you yeah, could probably thought, make the argument that she has an impact on that. But when does Shion show up? Because I thought she showed up after the castle stuff. Now that I'm thinking about it, I might no. Be she's there. Extremely be- she's wrong. There, she's there before. Um. It's like Rachel leaves. Oh, that's uh, right, because it's just Roxas and Shion, and he's like pretending that she's able to do anything. Right, she's not. Yeah, so I don't know, because that's that's pretty early on in three five eight's narrative is the castle stuff, because the whole kind of thing is Roxas's life the year before, like the year that Sora is in the pod. Right. I guess. The reason this the the reason she would have an effect anyway is because, you know, Roxas is being affected when Sora is gaining his memories, and Shion is a copy of Roxas that is kind of like soaking up Sora's memories. Um, and there's a point in three five eight over two where, uh, Riku convinces Shion that she has to like reunite with Sora for for Sora to recover all of his memories because she's this weird. Uh, vicarious, not vicarious, um, but like um, one degree removed copy of Sora. So because of that, as Sora is regaining his, his memories, some of them are kind of getting stuck in Xi'an. Um, so maybe the you know the the theory would go that maybe when Sora's memories were being manipulated in the castle, her existence would be. Uh, would have an interfering effect on that, but it's difficult to say. Yeah, this will definitely be something that we probably will return to in 358 over 2. Um, but without us, like, sitting down and looking at that, I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> and, I, and I think either way, it's not super important. It is an interesting little, like, theory to have of, like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it lines up in, in this way or that. Yeah, I, I think... I, th- I just think the bulk of the Shion stuff happens after Axel's back. Right, right. So that's that. That's the thing. It's so I think Shion's bullshit is so more related to what we said, like Roxas getting memories back as Sora is. Yeah. This one comes in from. Oh, it's not Thomas Smith. It's Tommins Smith, I guess. Uh, Tom. Tommen Smith. <laughs> there, it's it's like it's like there's a letter missing or something. Uh, there, there's clearly not. That is clearly just this person's Twitter handle. But I am struggling with it. It is the the person's name is Thomas Smith. If their display name is not a lie, it's it's Thomas Smith. But like there's an N and one S. <laughs> yeah. So Tommen the actual Twitter handle is T H O M M A N. Smith, I apologize that we are uh, tripping over your handle so much, <laughs> but that's what it is. Uh, Thomas asks, so Naminé is Kyrie's nobody. 
and in simplified fashion, a nobody is the body of someone that became a heartless. But in Kingdom Hearts 1, Kyrie's body didn't go anywhere when Sora became a heartless, carrying her heart. So who is the somebody to nominate as nobody? Who's like the, the body that would look like her and have those memories? Um, the answer is yes. Yeah, uh, the an- the answer is that Sora is very complicated in the moment where mm-hmm. Sora fucks everything up. Yeah, he doesn't, um, he's he's a well-meaning boy, but he certainly gets himself into a lot of scrapes. Think ahead. What are you talking about? <laughs> How dare uh, you? <laughs> um. Yeah. So it's the answer is nomin. The answer is Kyrie, but also it's kind of Sora in the same yeah. way that Roxas is. Somebody is kind of Sora and also Ventus. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it, yeah. When uh, Kyrie being a princess of heart can't be a heartless, and which means also she can't be a nobody. But her heart was sort of connected to Sora's when he became heartless. So a nobody happened. And I, and two buddy two no two buddies yeah two, two buddies. nobodies <laughs> happened. Uh, you could argue because there was so much heart and going on in Sora, Sora's so heart, heart, Ventus's heart, and Kyrie's heart are all hanging out in there. And so, for the like body portion of these uh, nobodies, both. Roxas and Namine get their physical form from Sora's body. Um I I guess. Uh but kind then Ka- but then Namine is is more built out of Kyrie's memories, although she doesn't really have them. And Roxas is more built out of Sora's memories, although he doesn't really have them because it was such a unusual circumstance. Mhm. I think we answered that question. Um, I mean, we answered it as well as the games have. Yeah. So, yeah, nom- nominee is such a weird case, like the weirdest case of all. And I think that's why she's so important. Is like, like, like power wise, like she she is the least likely thing to exist, and because of that, the law of universes has granted her powers. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean that's kind of just the Kingdom Hearts way now is just it's what it is. Yeah. You can explain it; it may not make sense, but this is what it is. Yeah, it's just it, yeah. It, it, all of the like most prominent examples of a given type of thing in the Kingdom Hearts universe are not typical examples of that thing. Like Ansem Seeker of Darkness is not the typical example of a heartless. And yeah. Roxas and Namine are not the, the typical examples of nobodies, and yet they are sort of, uh, in some ways, the most important ones. Um, mm-hmm. So that I think that's why, where it gets confusing, too, is because the nobodies you interact with the most are the least like nobodies, uh, nobodies that exist. I did have one more. I didn't put this in our little list, Joe, but I did have one more tweet I wanted to talk about. Um, someone was, uh, misconflict on Twitter. That's at, uh, Nordreys, N-O-R-D-R-E-Y-S was talking about, uh, how apparently, and we now know this, 
So there's another Kingdom Hearts recap show that comes oh, out yeah. on Tuesdays uh, called Kingdom Smarts, and they seem like nice folks, and the show is fun. Um, it's a bit of a different um, setup than ours because the way they do it over there is Shannon, one of the co-hosts, knows the series very well and explains it to Jake, who's sort of learning along with the audience. So it's it's a different setup, but it was uh, a weird yeah. The, thing the stars to learn weirdly that. aligned, I think. And like both shows like started kind of around the same time, from what I from what I can tell. The the universe a gap of cons- like two weeks, yeah. The universe conspired and decided it needed a uh that that the universe needed a show to explain Kingdom Hearts to uh mm-hmm. the world. The masses, and yeah. It accidentally fucked up and shot out an extra one, and so then we mm-hmm. exist because clearly we're the worst one. <laughs> We're the yeah, we're the we're the nobody in the situation. Exactly. Um, yep. It's <laughs> um what's interesting is I think that our idea weirdly predated it, but like right after we got the idea, um they were like, Oh yeah, it's here's that trailer, it's coming out in twenty eighteen. Um uh and I, I think since that, like our timing was so accidentally good where like Everyone is thinking about Kingdom Hearts right now, mm-hmm. so it's cool. I like it. I'm glad that like suddenly everyone that I, I I see people replaying them all the time, and not just people who uh, like our show. And people are ready for that Kingdom Hearts three. Mm-hmm. On that Kingdom Hearts three creep. <laughs> I well, I yeah. I hope it creeps <laughs> sooner because we've waited so long. But I also kind of hope it doesn't, so we can do yeah. this podcast and uh, and finish it before the. It's it's a struggle. Yeah, I, mean, I it's it's weird because like God, I need closure and I want the series to not be so long that I hate it. Also, I don't want to stop doing this show. <laughs> yeah, I think there's enough in Kingdom Hearts to keep us talking at least until that game comes out, and then we can talk about yeah. that game for a long time. Probably it's very long. Um, It's a shame because by then you won't live near me, so we can't just like hang out and play Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, but we don't really do that anyway. (laughs) No, but I'm saying we could because this is the first like new thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure I will occasionally uh, visit these United States mm -hmm. uh, and. The great state, <laughs> I can't even say the great state of Michigan with, with a straight face. Uh, I'm sure I will be visiting every once in a while. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think I think we'll have to we'll have to plan something special. Yeah, for Kingdom Hearts three releasing or not, don't hold us to that. A live episode with uh, <laughs> no one there because no one cares. Uh, yeah, midnight release, uh, Twitch live stream, and everyone's in bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think. Um, or it's just two hours of installing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the show is over. Yeah. Uh, what Everyone's do we do gone. at the end of an Anson report? Do we say that was something? Uh, uh, well, no, you have to say the full title, which. Um, oh, no. Uh, that was. I guess we'll say that was. We didn't, we didn't plug anything. Should we plug things? Okay, yeah. Uh, we, we plugged Kingdom Smarts. Yeah, so listen to that podcast. It's fun. You can also find me, Wheels, on Twitter at the Travis W. I do a podcast called Very Random Encounters where we table where we tabletop roleplay. I am 
tripping over my words so much in this episode. It's late. We play tabletop role-playing games, and we randomly determine as many things as possible. You're up. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Ghost of Joe, which is uh, Ghost of J-O. You can uh, listen to my other podcast called We Are Watching One Piece. Um, I think... I think we're. I think this next episode will finish Skypea. So I'm surprised that we're. Thank you. I'm surprised we're finishing it before Chain of Memories. And by that, I'm really surprised Chain of Memories is taking uh, as long as it is. Yeah, but we're we're almost there. Yeah, I, I think Riku's story is way less things. Yeah. So we're good there. Um. Also on my Twitter, you can read the things that I write. Uh, mainly about video games, but I'm probably going to write something about Stranger Things. I'm, like, torn between uh, writing my my uh, queer think piece on Stranger Things um, and... Uh, is it, is it uh, Queerer Things? Is that what the title is? No, it's actually super heavy. <laughs> oh, dang. Um, um, uh, it's more or less like, what is the treatment of queer-coded characters mean about romanticizing the 80s uh so there's that uh, um yeah so yeah so that's I'm, I'm focusing on that but also i tried to write about nostalgia with zelda and instead i'm just thinking about a game that did it better so i might write about king's quest oh like the remake thing yeah because it's uh good huh i never played it um you can find the show on Twitter at MemorizeCast. Our theme music, uh, the link is always in the description if people want to just check that out and find where we get our theme music. Uh, it's a remix of Dearly Beloved by Leg Day, courtesy of GameChops.com. Uh, so that was a Chain of Memories Ansem report. Is it number four because this is the fourth Ansem report we've done? Or is it number one again because it's the first Chain of Memories Ansem report? What this does is, your heart tell you? This is Ansem report number four, colon, the Chain of Memories Chronicles, colon, one. colon, HD remix. You know, we're going through all this trouble, but like, that, that Tom Ann Smith... Gave us a title. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, the, se- so- the second one is, is better, and I think he could... I think I want to see him take another take at this, now that we have 280 characters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, the next Antrim Report, maybe we'll have another one. Uh, yeah, so this comes uh, from uh, previously mentioned Twitter user Tom Ann Smith uh, titling our next Antrim Report. Re got it memorized... 3.14159265 Final Mix and some super secret dark D report of darkness. Got, Got it. it. Memorized.
My name is Joe. And I'm Jory. And we are watching One Piece. That's it. That's the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we talk about the anime called One Piece every week, about five or so episodes at a time. I'm currently caught up with the series. I just started it. So you can join us while we talk about loving the rubber boy, vaping Sanji, our son Chopper, and his murder mom Robin. <laughs> and their <laughs> loving nicknames to be decided as we go along. You can find us on iTunes or your app of choice. And until you tune in, to be continued.